Listening to Ultra Q, episode 35. My name is Red. I'm joined by Mel. Hello. And I'm joined by Razan. Uh, I can't. What a weird way to be half right. <laughs> uh, coming up, uh, we've got Belma Dan. Uh, we've got double identity problems. Um, and we've got Crucifix. The Crucifix <laughs> is here. Um, all that coming up on Ultra 7. Uh, before we get into that, quick check-in. I've got, okay, I promise this is the last time until I fall down a hole again. This is the, I have to complete the trilogy of the 40k thing. Because I finished the second book and I said last week, I said, oh, that was pretty good. I was like surprised. I was like, damn, all right. Let's go straight into this, straight into this third book. Chapter one. It's over. It's fucking over. Oh no. As soon as chapter one? It's written so fucking bad. <laughs> I was just like, like, I, oh, I'm not like equipped to, I'm not like a literary critic. I'm not equipped to tell you what's wrong with it, but uh, just like read one page and just go, oh fuck, this is bad. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, uh, fuck. Awarida. <laughs> um, otherwise, uh, I've been, so first of all, uh, last week, Razan did a thing, uh, and got some people making lists, 25, five by five lists of their backlog that they're gonna address in 2024 to play bingo with. That took off way more than I thought it would ever be real. Yeah. People are still yeah. sending me shit. Uh, I made my 5x5. Five five, um, I did too. And uh, I, I've already started because I played Obra Dinn. Return of the Obra Dinn. Ooh, okay. That game's fucking great. Everyone I know has loved that game. I still need to play it. That, this, I need to make sure I have the right game. This is the like pixelated -y, like, uh, ship murder mm -hmm. mystery thing, right? Yes. Okay. Many, <laughs> many... D basically, the, the premise of the game is you have to, uh, arc... You're, uh, an agent of the East India Company, uh, sent oh, to no. investigate <laughs> why... Oh, this is... This... Listen. This game... It's good. It's good. It's good. Um... 
there's like it's like deliberately there's some deliberate race and um like orientalism stuff going on in here um as well as some like traditional sort of like pulp the pulpy type fiction um orientalism as well uh but they lean into it in a way that's that's kind of deliberate um uh anyway the premise of the game the premise of the game is uh you are tasked with going around the Obra Dinn, which is a ship that has ghost ship that has arrived that is you know no one's alive on it anymore um and you have to figure out what happened to all 60 members of the crew including passengers um like individually you have to list their fate <coughs> and you you have like a number of options available to you um there's some great ones uh uh but it's it's fantastic the the thing about i like fiction about uh like falling kings <laughs> And a ship at sea is a kingdom, and its captain is its king. Uh, and the Oberdin. I'll allow you this. God damn. Um, it's uh, it's fantastic. Um, the one, the one complaint I had was I got like halfway into the game, and I realized because they have like this, all the options that you can pick from to identify bodies and people. Um, uh, is because they're all in categories they're all you know um there are officers uh there are top men who are the people in the rigging uh there are seamen um who are just the standard uh the standard crew there's passengers um and what i hadn't realized was that the the option to select unknown top man or unknown passenger etc were, were not unknown people that i had to identify that was literally like a label to help me to use so I could use it to narrow down <laughs> um, what people were. Um, I did not realize that until well past it was useful. Um, and so I just had to manage on my own. But that's, that's like one little problem amongst. I, I, the other thing is uh, it does become kind of uh, clean up in terms of the, like the leftovers trying to wrap it up. But it's... I think it's good. I think it's. I think it's a, uh, a very good mystery game, um, just like dozens and of uh, of mysteries uh, upon mysteries, building into. I think is a pretty good story about um, a ship what fucked up um, and made some really bad mistakes, <laughs> and then tried to fix those mistakes in the worst ways possible. Um. But yeah, otherwise, I haven't been up to much. I've, you know, I've been watching movies, but, you know, that's that's still up in the air. Um, so, uh, yeah, not talking about them. Um, yeah, that's kind of me. Yeah. Who wants to go next? I, uh, I, I can transition because I have a thing. I, <laughs> I walked into, like, literally a day or two after I made my list and made that video or whatever, I walked into a used game shop and they, like just had on one of their, like, display racks of, like, oh, current deals we have. Like, they had a, a discount copy of Ridge Racer R4, which was on my list. And I was like, oh, I was going to play the, uh, like, the the newer, like, PS4, PS5, like, 
classics re-release they did for this, but uh, fuck it, I'll buy a disc of this, so I bought that. Um, so that was fun. But uh, I did, I would say, two major things, one of which I don't know if I'll talk about, but I'll decide if I'm talking about it uh, in the build-up. Because uh, the, the first major thing I did was uh, my friend Liz, who has been running my Pathfinder Kingmaker... Uh, game the the tabletop version not the video game uh decided to do a run of monster of the week for the month of october uh which is a monster every week yes a new monster every week uh and uh this time around we did uh, well, sorry, for, first of all, I guess I should explain. It's a Powered by the Apocalypse game, which is a a system that uh, started with a game called Apocalypse World. Um, you may also be familiar with it because of a game that took off uh, called Dungeon World, which is unfortunately made by a creep. So, uh, good game, but I do not play it anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it kind of set the tone for what a lot of indie narrative-based tabletop RPG design would look like for the 2010s. Um, in my opinion, I've kind of moved on to Forged in the Dark because it's kind of doing that with also a hint of, like, having a greater sense of world and factionalism in a way that just, like, scratches my brain right. Uh, but it was nice to go back and revisit PBTA and just be like, oh yeah, there's a reason this took off. It's It's just a nice and fast and loose system of play that makes it really easy to um, just kind of make a story with people and describe what your characters are doing. And then when you need to decide something as like a point of narrative tension, be like, okay, this this move, as they're called, applies, and we're going to roll to see, see what the outcome is narratively for that. Um I was playing with a bunch of strangers who I've not met before, but it was like a, you know, friend to friend sort of situation. Uh, I, I made my guy just a, a pastiche of John Constantine because I was like, fuck it. How many chances I, am I to play a supernatural based uh, occult detective style thing? Um, and in true Constantine fashion, uh, I solved the problem, but also made a lot more problems in its stead. Uh, and because of real life stuff going on, this actually was going to be the only session I could participate in. So I kind of showed up, ruined everything, but helped out. Uh, and then I was like, okay, I'm leaving town. Bye. And that was very satisfying and everyone had a good kick out of it. So, uh, good time. I got what I needed out of it. Sometimes all you need is one session. Um, and the other thing, I guess I'm not really going to talk about this. There's this new stupid fruit stacking game that for some reason everyone loves and adores. Uh, it's really fun. I can't stop playing it. It's called uh, Suika Game. It's S-U-I-K-A, I believe. Uh, you can just uh -huh. play it in web browser. There's also a much better version on Switch, but you need to, like, import it through the Japanese eShop. <laughs> um... Let me tell you, stacking that fruit is really fun. <laughs> That's all I really have um, to say about it. Yeah, he's stacking fruit. We are stacking fruit. It it it's it's like okay, so you start with these tiny fruit, right? You got these cherries or strawberries, and then when two fruits of the same type touch, that sounds really weird out of context. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
you you combine them into bigger fruit. And yeah, twenty forty eight. Yes, it's just twenty forty eight, but with fruit, and they're more bubbly. Um, and they keep combining until they get to a watermelon esque stage. I don't know what happens when two watermelons touch. I I've still yet to be good enough to get to that part of the operation. Um, I did see I did see someone say they excised all their desire to play it just by looking up what happens and watching it. I see. And they were just like they were just like that's it. I'm done. I got everything I need. That I think that that is extremely that is an extremely valid way to interact with this game. I think I might go sicko enough and and see if I can get to what happens. Uh, apparently the community has decided that when you get to a score of 3,000, that's when you're done. I've only managed to get to 1,500. Um, huh. But yeah. I think the uh, if you want to see Melons touch their sites for that. Listen. I could do it myself. <laughs> this whole conversation Jesus is Christ. cursed. Uh, wow, that's Suica. Fruit stacking I, game fun. Scratch primal itch to see uh number go big and, and things go pop in puzzle game. I realized I lied. I do have I do have one other thing. Um, which is that I played the the I played I st I started a, a very long franchise, um, and I learned that the first game is nothing like the rest of them. I played the first Toho game. Yeah, yeah, that one's uh, a bit different. Just a yeah, bit. it's like. Do you like Arkanoid? <laughs> Wait, really? Like, yeah, it's huh. it's like I never turn, knew this. turning over, bouncing a ball and turn well the yin yang ball and turning over tiles, um, and um, it's a bit of a bitch, but um, you know, I'm I'm not very good at it, but I, I you know, it gives you free continues, um. So, uh, yeah, I quote-unquote beat it. I got a bad end because, you know, obviously I didn't get a high score, I suspect, is the problem. Um, uh, you pro it, there's probably... Um, I know some other games don't give you a good ending if you use a continue. Ah, uh, yeah. You gotta get that yeah. one CC. I'll, listen, listen, I'm not doing that for that game. <laughs> uh, I, um, I, I don't think ahead. you have permission to not get a one CC for one to five, probably. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I started playing too. I started playing too. That was immediately. I was just like, "Oh yeah, I recognize this. This is this is a, this is a shmup." Um, and uh, I was having a great time. Um, it was a good good game. IMO. Um, that's it. <laughs> it's just a tiny little thing. Yeah. Uh, eventually, I, I I know there's law. Um, yeah. Eventually, you get to the games that are yet. actually. Referenced in canon, because mm -hmm. uh, that's like six bit... onwards or something. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, there's like a bit of a gap between the games on PC ninety eight and the games on Windows. Yeah, there's like there's like six onwards, but only nine onwards are on Steam. Um, I think... So, uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Your Honor, uh, I will simply be playing six uh, through eight, uh, however I can. Uh, seven, eight are really good and good beginner drops. Okay. Eight was my uh, first shmup. Mm. Uh, 
looks like two is my first <laughs> first shmup. <laughs> um, which uh, sounds like uh, maybe not the best idea, but I'm you know I'm I'm doing alright. Um, that's it. Listen, so the the beautiful thing with shmups is you can just move. I I did that recently with uh. I was, like, dead set on a childhood favorite of mine, Raiden, being my first 1cc, uh, and then I just gave up, and I looked online, just saw a bunch of people being like, yeah, that game's bullshit, and it's old, and it was meant to, like, steal your quarters at arcades, just play something that's, like, more manageable for your first 1cc. I was like, mm-hmm. that's a good idea. <laughs> also, uh, Raiden 1 doesn't have the toothpaste laser like Raiden 2. No. Rip. That game is also yeah. apparently. I never knew this. That game is easier if you if you play on the player two side because the red ship is faster moving left to right, like left right up and down, and then the blue ship is faster moving diagonal. And I don't know why you'd make your video game like that, but sure. They're just they're just the error when stuff like that happens. <laughs> it's so goofy. It's like um, it's like uh, older fighting games with uh, different player advantages. Uh, like uh, Melty Blood Type Lumina and Mortal Kombat One stares at the camera. Why? Uh, well, why does this keep uh, happening? <laughs> games are hard. Games are hard to make. <laughs> what's the type? What's the Type Lumina one? Uh, I... My main boy Mario. Some of his shit just doesn't work depending on which corner you're trying to combo in. <laughs> It's, it's really funny. I learned this while I was playing him in tournament, and someone was like, "Yeah, it's a shame about your guy." And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "You don't know." And I was like, "No." He's like, "Yeah, some of his shit just doesn't work depending on what corner you're in. They haven't fixed it yet." And I was like, "Oh, awesome. Okay." That's your punishment for playing that little freak. <laughs> Listen, I love him so much. He's a degenerate. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Mel. Uh, I gotta be honest. I don't have much this week. Uh, I started some games, but I'm not far into them. A couple games for podcasting reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. One for just wanting to get in the series reasons. Uh, still very early on. I will say one of them is for the this month's abnormal mapping. So hey, there you go. Uh, okay, so we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, uh, didn't actually have anything finished I could talk about really. You're chilling. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. uh, we should be chilling. No, we sometimes we gotta chill. Uh, mm. I I am actually chilling because yesterday I went outside to go get groceries and I went, oh shit, fall is here, uh, and it was like fifty degrees out. In sorry, uh, hold on. Uh, I just realized I made a mistake. Fifty degrees. F to C. <laughs> uh, it was 10 degrees Celsius. Uh, and I was like, oh, oh shit. It, it just went from summer to fall. And then I went back and I put on jeans and a hoodie. And I was like, hell yeah, it's cozy. It's cozy clothes weather. Let's go. I'm very, I, I'm, all my family is like very, very Scottish. So as, as we transition into the lower temperatures, I'm like going sicko mode. I'm like, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll well. see. How was it? Oh, I was just gonna say how I'll see how last how long I can make shorts last. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's like fourteen degrees right now. Oh, it's seven outside. Well, I'm not doing that. 
<laughs> Speaking of oh. seven. Hell, oh my god, perfect. Speaking of seven, let me tell you, let's talk about Ultra Seven. Um, let me tell you about, oh fuck, I haven't done my job. What's the episode title for episode 37? Episode 37, The Stolen Ultra Eye. The Stolen Ultra Eye, thank you. Um, in episode 37, a woman going by the alias Maya arrives on Earth by spaceship, knocks out Dan, and steals his glasses. The Ultra Guard begins the hunt for this alien infiltrator and pick up a signal. Mission accomplished. Come pick me up. Uh, they track the signal to a club. Uh, Dan is going in like plain clothes mode, undercover cop. Um, what's the what's the Amer what's the American undercover cop thing? Was it Yankees cap or something? Um, he spots Maya. He uses telepathy to communicate with her and demands to know who she is working for and why they want to invade Earth. She's like. Invade, <laughs> lol, <laughs> wow. Uh, and then something happens with the power, and it becomes like clear the signal is coming from one of the amps for the band that's playing. It's like a it's like a rhythm that's disguised in the in the beat. Um, uh, Maya flees the scene as the Ultra Guard initiate a raid. Uh, they pick up the amp and head back to base. Uh, they investigate the amp and find the signal being transmitted. And while they have the machine, it receives a response interplanetary ballistic missile on its way. No time to pick you up. Sorry. Rip. Hit Earth in a few hours, and the Ultra Guard launches into space with the Ultra Hawks, but without Dan, who knows humanity's best shot is Ultra 7, and has snuck off to the club. Oh, that... point of clarification. Uh, yeah. Dan was supposed to come, but he just bailed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, the captain is, like, waiting for him in the spaceship, and uh, Anne shows up instead, like, I don't know where Dan is, let's just go. <laughs> um, at the club, Dan gets ambushed by a bunch of people doing I Am Spartacus, they're all wearing fake Ultra Eyes, um, and he wakes up, when he wakes up, he is confronted by Maya. Um, he tells her that her people have abandoned her, uh, passing her the message received by the Amp. She reluctantly gives Dan the Ultra Eyes, and he heads to space to divert the missile. Uh, while Ultra 7 saves the day, Maya hits, like, J4 on the jukebox, which activates a mist that vaporizes her. Um, Dan returns to find nothing left of her, but, um, whatever is left, it's like a device. Um, Dan laments the fact he could not persuade her to try living on Earth among humans. Um, she did not have to die. She could have been happy, even. You know, just like him. Uh, the end. This is my favorite episode of the uh, show. <laughs> this episode is so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, first of all, uh, yeah, the atmosphere in this episode is fantastic. Uh, it is just uh, well-directed and uh, very tense at all times. Um, I think they sell the... Uh, there is probably a more famous episode that we're going to talk about that maybe doesn't sell the tension of the countdown. <laughs> <laughs> quite as well as this episode does um uh and um yeah i think you know maya's uh maya's little story is good i think it's a an effective little tragedy yeah uh it, it also they when they cut to the crowd shot at the end when dan's talking about like damn she couldn't even she didn't even care enough to try to live and and become one with this planet like i have and it's just shot in a way that makes it just feel more like um 
I guess, like, nonfiction, like, documentarian style of just, like, there's just a mm-hmm. bunch of people out and about, like, going about their lives on the street, and just Dan in his uniform is out in the middle of it. Um, and uh, it's really affecting. I don't know. I, I adored everything yeah. about this. And you may have noticed, viewer at home, Red said nothing about a kaiju. There is no fucking, like, huge yeah, fuck-off fight this a- episode. It's just a missile. It's a giant missile. Um, it's a very <laughs> silly missile. It's great. Yes. I love it. Uh, it's also, I mean, it's technically there is an alien in this episode, but like, you know, no suit. There's like no design par- to discuss. Apparently it's just like no budget. So they <laughs> just didn't have this an is, alien. This is an, this is an ongoing theme. When they have no budget, they make great episodes of TV. You know, sometimes mm. constraints are good. <laughs> Yeah. That Honestly, actually, it's impressive that this episode has no budget because uh, I'm just—is that club real then? I think I, I, I mean because I mean, it's just like maybe not this episode specifically, but more like just the show in general. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair because th- that was like a—they didn't have to put as much effort into that club uh, yeah. as they did. Uh, it's very thorough. Um, it, it was weird uh, having like. Dan alone in the mm-hmm. civilian uniform, and then the Ultra Guard is ever around in their uniform. Yeah, just uh, I like I don't know if they went separately because Dan's after a different thing, or if he's like in there as like their, you know, he says go and they go. Um, I I like it if it's the first one more. I yeah. think um the the like uh contradictory like aims of. Um, Dan and the Ultra, the, like the separation between him and the rest of the Ultra Guards, very apparent this episode. Um, uh, it's um, yeah. Also, just the, like the okay. the actress playing Maya really kills it. I think like when she receives when she receives the news that her people have forsaken her for the sake of their mission to eradicate the Earth. Uh, she really sells the tragedy of that moment, and and just reluctantly mm-hmm. giving Dan the the ultra eyes back is is just fantastically done. It's so there's an interesting choice at the end here, and I don't know if it's made just because it it's possible that they made this choice just because they can't they don't they have to kill the alien, uh, they have to kill the enemy before the end of the episode, um, is which is possible. It's entirely possible. I mean, Whatever. Whatever the oh, go ahead. It is worth noting that the Pegasa lived. Pegasa did live. Like they don't. So, they don't have to do it. I guess. So I wonder if it was just like a choice to make the ending more interesting. Mm-hmm. In which, in which case, yes. Uh, it's whatever the reason for the decision. Um, I think uh, her giving up on the mission, but still. Uh, choosing to die instead um i think is a very interesting choice um it's like it's like nowhere near as clear-cut um as it could be for like this type of just show for children um i think yeah um i admittedly this is the part of the show where more adults are tuning in and the writers know that even though it's still ostensibly a kid's show okay that's 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 good to know. I was gonna um, note as because I I know I think we've discussed we haven't we don't know for sure if the thirteen episode batch thing is still a thing here, right? 
But I mean, I, in my production history, I was like on the impression it was. If it, if that's uh, the case, uh, this is the first batch of the uh, third. Or this is the first episode of the third batch. Then uh, wouldn't, it, wouldn't we have passed it? Or well, it's thirty-seven, so it'd be thirteen, thirteen, then thirty-seven would be the start of third batch, right? Wait, no, I'm stupid. I can't count. <laughs> Never mind. What was that, Max? Oh no, I said that with <laughs> so much confidence too. Oh, that's oh, staying no. in. That's, that's that's staying in so hard. I'm gonna play it again right here. <laughs> well, it's thirty-seven, so it'd be thirteen, thirteen, then thirty-seven would be the start of third batch, right? Wait, no, it's Jover. <laughs> Joe Warrida. <laughs> Joe Warrida. Uh, uh, I think it, I think the way I think it was just like how someone alternated the thirteen, 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 and then. After like the first five episodes, it was doing gangbusters, so they got an extra ten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess like, well, I guess it doesn't that map on neatly because then the numbers would be that like the two part bridges, the last thirteen in the first, and then the last ten. But right. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's, there's, some there's some like episode moving moving around there. Um, so yeah, the giant missile, um, which like plows through a space station, is uh, V two closest to. Yeah, <laughs> V V two not a missile destroyed by by a missile. Um, and uh, I, the Ultra Guard like go out. It's like very, uh somber stuff uh because uh they can't you know it's it's like everyone's kind of clued into the fact that they can't they can't beat this um and they still go out to try they're about to get um, r one yes yes uh and uh yeah i i just i just and ultra seven just uh turns it around so does he so is the implication that he's sending it back to that planet? <laughs> I was wondering that, and since they didn't say anything, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I was gonna say I assume my, my, not, but then I thought about the history of this show and how yeah, yeah. it treats its aliens, and I was like, yeah, eh, so it might be my thinking was it, it rests t- spun like one eighty degrees and. Like my assumption was that like mm-hmm. Maya chose to die in part because she knows her civilization is about to get retaliated back again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it's a, it's a, it's it's kind of it's kind of a fucked up choice. Uh, Ultra yeah. Seven. I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> uh, I think. Um, I think this happened enough times in this podcast. Uh, where an alien race has just been wiped out. Uh, I think we need a new segment. Oh, this is the segment? <laughs> uh, I'd like to introduce to you all... Ultraman Genocide Counter! <laughs> uh, so I had to go back and think about how many times this has happened. Uh, Thank you for that! <laughs> Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Uh, how, so how many times have we had genocide? So, <laughs> we've had the Boltons. Yeah. Obviously. Famous. Uh, 
I can't think of another one in Ultraman, so if there's another, uh, correct me. Uh, I think yeah, you, email, if you if you remember a genocide that we don't email in, uh, <laughs> please. Yes. Uh, we have Pegasa. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we have Utom, the underground robot city. Mm-hmm. In the the Dan Cl- doppelganger episode. Yep, that's that's three. Uh, we have Alien Zampa last week. <laughs> that's four. So oh, uh, this is uh this would be the fifth one. Yeah. Damn, we're at five. This is racking them up. Personally, I would not make this a part of your franchise. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just I'm just thinking about who's returning uh next in the next show. And uh I just know he's looking at those numbers, he's going, those are rookie numbers. <laughs> we can pump those numbers. Um. All right. Well. Uh. Production notes. Do we, who who made this episode? Uh. This is. This blew my fucking mind. This is the same writer director combo as that shitty ass Moon episode we watched last batch. <laughs> uh. Toshitsugu <laughs> Suzuki hilarious. and then written by Shinichi Ichikawa. <laughs> what happened was. What happened was they had to make two episodes, <laughs> and they were they were really pleased with that first episode. And then someone said, "You know, you have to write. You have to just make a second, right?" And they both turned around and went, "What? <laughs> oh fuck!" <laughs> um, that's hilarious. Uh, well, uh, good for them. They pulled it back. Uh, fantastic episode of Ultra 7. Uh, one of the best, I think. I This is extremely Ultra Q core, <laughs> except for, like, the missile stuff right at the end being only achievable by super heroics. Like, the vibe mm-hmm. through and through is like, oh, this this could have been right in line with the original show. Mm-hmm. This is this is also, uh, like, a, a demonstration of, like, the, a true de- demonstration of toku logic, uh, which is, like... Um, you know the the like kind of the difference between a lot of sort of traditional superhero stuff and Toku stuff is like you know uh, it's like Dan turns into Ultra Seven because he has a thing, um, and uh, you know it's not like uh, he the, he's he's not like doing like incredible workouts. He doesn't have like it's not because of some something special about him necessarily it's the uh well i mean it is because he's from the land of life <laughs> but um it's uh it's not something like fundamental to his character um it is uh you know he has the the glasses and he can lose them um and that's that's good uh, it's, it's good it's good source of drama didn't it's the funny. didn't the handshakers people make a show about this recently Oh, Jesus. Oh, the girl who lost her glasses. <laughs> yeah, with the greatest uh, whatever the fuck that hallway animation scene. Uh, that, oh, yeah. That's all I know Truly. about that show. When uh-huh. animation is expensive, that means it's good. True. 60 frames, maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is funny how he had a couple of episodes where he lost the glasses early on. Uh, but this one actually like was about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's like lost his glasses before, but it's always been a little. It's always been like a del- like it's felt like padding. It's felt like um, delaying tactic. Uh, he needs to deploy Wyndham. Um, in this episode, it's like you know, it's central. It's it's the problem. He's, he's lost his fucking glasses. Um, 
It's even the title she's, of the episode. She she beat Ultra Seven. Yeah. Uh, it did not take uh, <laughs> it did not take an entire like operation of planning. <laughs> it did not require a crucifix either. <laughs> um. All right. Well, unless we have anything more about this episode, shall we move on? I'd say so. Uh, yeah. So thirty-eight. I didn't. Did the I courageous not, I didn't battle. Any of them. The courageous battle. There we go. I didn't do it for any of them. All right. Uh, episode thirty-eight. The courageous battle. Dan is having the traditional superhero problem. Uh, his two identities are caught between two conflicting responsibilities. As Dan, he meets a boy in hospital who is too afraid to go through with the experimental heart surgery he needs. Uh, Dan encourages him to trust that science is on his side, just like like how he has to trust in the science of the Ultra Guard every day. Uh, the boy asks Dan to visit him again on the day of the surgery, and Dan promises he'll be there. As Ultra 7, Dan must combat a new alien menace, a robot that emits a camouflage mist and then shovels cars into its big garage door mouth. Um, Ultra 7, two for two on its incredible robot kaiju designs. Or three for three, I guess, if we, if we count Wyndham. Um, Dan knows this robot is sent by the alien Banda, uh, which need fuel and scrap metal and steal them from other planets. Um, and the rest of the Ultra Guard's like, how do you know that? And Dan's like, ah, uh, you know, <laughs> let's just do. Um, the Ultra Guards set a trap on the day of the surgery. Uh, they've had the radio announce false traffic reports to lure the alien robot uh, to eat a bunch of cars that have been packed with explosives that will go off when the robot turns returns to its mothership. Uh, Dan asks Anne to attend the surgery in his place, but when she arrives and the boy, uh, when she arrives, the boy is pretty fucked up about the fact Dan didn't keep his promise. Um, the Ultra Guard's plan mostly goes off without a hitch, destroying the alien mothership. Unfortunately, the giant robot survived the explosion and goes on a rampage through the city. Uh, Dan gets injured in the attack on the robot uh, and is brought to the hospital where the surgery is taking place. In spite of his injuries, Dan manages to visit the boy just before anesthesia takes effect. Uh, with his promise kept and surgery underway, Dan heads to the roof and transforms into Ultra 7 to defeat the giant robot. Uh, which he does, uh, and then there's a happy ending with, you know, the boys survives the surgery, everything's fine. Uh, you forgot the most important part. What's the most important part? Uh, Dan can't beat the robot as you big Ultra 7, so he turns small and lets himself be shot out of the gun. I did, I did forget that. Yes. Out of what the, I'm pretty sure is the spider oh. shot prop, too, actually. Oh, is it? Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's whatever the spider equivalent in the show is. But uh, yeah, he has to he has to turn little, and he just for, for like is it Sogo or Furuhashi fires the gun, and then is like was that Ultra? Did I fire Ultra Seven out of the gun? <laughs> uh, it was fantastic. Wide swing in uh complete opposite direction of tone from the last episode. This episode, nonetheless, I still think is very very good, just in a completely different way. <laughs> Yeah. Agreed. The the one thing, and to be honest, this is a complaint that I still think kind of maybe endears me to the episode. I feel like the child character as written on the page 
was maybe meant to be played by what I can only assume was to be a slightly younger actor. Uh, <laughs> I felt like this kid was maybe a little bit too old to be saying the dialogue that he was saying. Um, but like, I mean, it still works. And, you know, this is this is a thing you will <clears throat> always get with anyone under the age of like 20 on TV, I think, is is just it's it's hard to find actors in that range. So you know, sometimes you got to make compromises, but um mm-hmm. Sometimes your high school character is played by a 20-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, the, uh, um, the the robot is so good. Well, do we do we know the name of this robot so I can look just look at images of it? Uh, yeah, it was one of those things where it was named after the show, uh, but it's called Crazy Gone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, one uh, one crazy, crazy gone gone crazy. One crazy frog decides to make a video game uh, news and review site. <laughs> um, uh, crazy gone's just got like one big arm and uh, legs. Like it, it's when it gets dropped onto Earth, it doesn't have legs initially. It's just this big like warehouse looking thing, and then it like ascends like the, the legs just kind of pop out from under it um this is a ridiculous <laughs> robot uh, apparently apparently it was going to have two working arms but they couldn't finish them both in time so you just got the one i'm happy they oh, couldn't it's much more goodness. iconic with just the one i, I agree know. um i i just want to <laughs> i just noticed in the book in the summary it says dan recognizes the robot as the work of the bandas a race of scavengers and proposes lured into a trap with phony traffic news <laughs> Uh, the booklets. Oh the booklets take is always uh, <laughs> insightful. Um, the um, this just like like incre- incredible uh moment where Dan is like, oh yeah, this is this is the alien panda, and everyone's like, the what? And he like, there's like, what, what's that? How do you know about that? And he like turns and faces away from them all and goes, uh, by chance. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> While he's having, like, an internal monologue, he's like, I, uh, I can't think, I can't have an excuse right now, I can't be fucked. <laughs> uh, I like the part where, like, Dan gets, like, owned and has to go to the hospital. Yes. But he's just, like, adamant both about doing his duty and also, like, disguising his injuries and not getting treated. Because he's like, well, no, I, I don't want him to think I'm in the hospital for my own reasons. I want him to think I kept the promise. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. The, um, you know, like, last episode, purist of, uh, of just toku drama of I don't have the belt, I don't have the thing that turns me into the superhero. Uh, and now we got, like, hidden identity, like, du- like double identity drama as, like, but not in the not in the like secrecy way. Just like in terms of like responsibilities. Too many promises. Too many promises. Um, too many too many duties. Uh, and uh, Dan struggling to fulfill both is good. Like you know, I I do sort of like fundamentally uh, probably like appreciate the the fiction like this that actually depicts like the failure <laughs> um but uh you know i i do also like just playing it straight with uh, you know some you know it's good 
he's a hero. He's the hero of the story, and he does he does both of them because he's the hero. Go Dan. But yeah, it's not like the ending of Spider Man Two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did think it was interesting how Dan uh, decides to motivate the child to like go through with it by using like the Ultra Guards like dedication to like. Mm -hmm. advancing science i was like okay that i think that's a very interesting angle to all this and i mm. i can't remember what the line is because it's been like a week since i watched this but uh there's a line right at the end about like the ultra guard fighting for science or humanity's belief in science that i can't quite remember but i was i remember thinking like it's something along those lines it's it's like it's very much uh playing on like is this like this show is very, I guess, like, since Ultraman. Um, I guess since Ichi no Tani. Um, yeah. Well, except, except that's different because he's he's fucked up um, and weird and doing, like, like semi, like, occult shit sometimes. Um, but uh, the show is very much sort of, like, uh, so, so kind, 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 of, kind of futurist about just... Um, you know, the advancing technology uh, will uh, help humanity, um, you know, the, b believe in the advancements of science. Um, and uh, in the context of medical science, uh, this is perfectly, perfectly fine idea to be like in favor. But, you know, obviously there are other shows <laughs> where... You know, I think about the war in the pocket um, prosthetic guy um, who's like, uh, yeah, this technology exists uh, because it, you know, it was used for military purposes. Um, but uh, again, this is just kind of... This is just kind gunned of, arm. Gunned arm. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, anyway, I'm uh, glad we don't have to deal with a future where uh, Ultraman is anti-vax. <laughs> oh no no here's the thing Ultra 7 is not anti-vax Ultraman is absolutely anti-vax <laughs> Ultraman's like no. you don't you don't know who's who who's giving you that it's, you, there are aliens in the government <laughs> no that's, that's what that's what Ultraman is like uh, <laughs> I feel Ult sorry Ultraman, I feel sorry Ultraman. for any seasoned Ultraman fan who comes to our podcast and who's like <laughs> Our yeah. interpretation of the original. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm going a step further from the rest of the fandom who thinks the Ultra Ultraman is kind of psycho. I'm saying he comes up with anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. No, what? no. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know why this is the reach I've pulled. Uh, but I'm saying he's anti-vax uh, for weird, uh, paranoid reasons. He's like, you know, who got um, the jab, Pigmon? Look what happened to him. Just got squished. Now you may think that has no relation <laughs> to getting a vaccine, but <laughs> uh, I guess we'll see um, how cursed he is when he returns. Yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, I was gonna say I, I'm curious to see as we get more iterations of the same idea, because uh, I, I'm assuming there's always going to be the human team equivalent to these shows. I mean, we've seen it even in, in like up through Blazer. We know this. Uh, I'm curious to see if any of them takes a more 
I don't want to say adversarial, but like a, a more critical approach to, oh yeah, like the advances of science are going to save humanity and you just need to believe in it, you know, sort of thing or whatever. And maybe just takes a, a little bit more of a cynical grounded take. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that. for context, this is like the sixties. Yeah. No, this is, mm. this is peak, this is like, this is peak time yeah. to be like, si <clears throat> our heroes are the science patrol. Yeah. Fra France is absolutely popping off with just the most bizarre futurist shit in the world right now. Um, uh, the guy in uh, the the final episode of uh, Alt-Q with the Pandemensional Train, he actually just got Isekai to uh, Ultra 7 France. Yes. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah. I mean, this is uh, even, this is even, like, lead up to, like, we're talking about going to the moon, baby, shit, too. So, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's just everywhere. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's the, it tie, tying, you know, the, the bit that I was like, okay, this is, you know, obviously I don't, like, I don't, I don't agree that science is just an in, it's like like the advancement of technology is an inherent good uh but um I do think it's like uh, a choice that makes sense within this show absolutely uh, with like tying into like the whole NASA stuff like uh just like the ultra 7 the, the the ultra guard doing space exploration stuff um it's very much like well yes you you believe this and seeing the hearing them like talk out loud the connection between um the spacefaring um technology and just you know i just had the, your doctor being able to save you from previously incurable stuff um is uh you know as uh, yeah, interesting i just had the most galaxy fucking brain idea for a crossover ever it's this uh -oh. episode but then the kid goes in for the surgery. It's shocker. He becomes the first common rider. <laughs> no. Then he goes, "Why the did you tell me this, Dan?" Ah, <laughs> oh, the ideological opposition between <laughs> between Ultra Seven, who believes in the science of humanity, and Common Rider. Um, He's like, who you know who is good at science? His cyborg body. You know who is good at science? The fucking Nazis. Look what they did. <laughs> Uh, the Nazis that are still around in the seventies in our in our government subtext. <laughs> uh, so, uh, in terms of production, this was directed by Toshihiro Ijima, which I uh, spoilers. Uh, the next two episodes also directed by Toshihiro Ijima, uh, and are mm -hmm. the the only three episodes that he seemed to have directed for Ultra Seven. Um. And we're not going to hear from him until uh, he directs Ultraman Cosmos, the first contact in 2001. So bye bye, Ijiba. Wow. <laughs> see, see you in a few years, man. Yeah. Um, just a, a recap. Uh, he directed uh, in Ultra Q SOS Mount Fuji. Mm. Uh, right. The Underground Super Express Goes West. Mm. Uh, the Rainbow's Egg. And challenge from the year 2020. Okay, he was cooking. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that one. Yeah, <clears throat> good that time. Ultraman, uh, shoot the invaders. Uh, uh, that's, that's the Bolton episode for anyone wondering. Um, yeah, one of the best episodes of Ultraman. <laughs> <laughs> one of the most evil and also incredible. What were you saying, Mel? Uh, 
Ultraman did shoot the invaders. He did shoot the invaders. <laughs> uh, episode three, Science Patrol move out. Uh, episode five, Secret of the... Uh, this says Miloganda. I think it's Miroganda in the translation we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, Science Patrol into space. Uh, Passport to Infinity, great episode. Oh, fantastic. Undersea Science Center, also fantastic. Uh, and Mystery Comet Suifan. And, you know, honestly, between the conversation we just had and looking at the episode, like, he is dealing a lot with, like, this more science-y stuff when it comes up. Because, like, the that episode with the Science Center yeah. is obviously about, like, you know, like, the aquatic research stuff. Passport to Infinity is about, like, playing around with, like, weird distortions and you know space and all that stuff like all all of his stuff seems to have a very i mean even going back to his ultra q stuff like fucking underground super express goes west is about like a an innovative train like he's playing around a lot with the science fiction angle so yeah that makes sense thunderbirds train Mm -hmm. uh and then this was that i believe that episode was the beginning of the of the thunderbirds arc where I I started to explain what Thunderbirds was. Well, technically, it started with uh, Shin Ultraman. Oh, this is true. Yeah. That was just me smiling and nodding with, like, half knowledge that, like, yeah, Thunderbirds <laughs> is a thing. <laughs> um, uh, they, they di- they've ditched uh, the Captain Scarlet transition uh, this week in favor of, well, I mean, the next two episodes in favor of just... Doing like a like a horror sting every time. <laughs> uh, um, the writer for Courageous Battle was uh Mamoru Sasaki. Uh, not uh not pairing up with his uh regular uh yeah you know friend Akio Jisoji still away. When will he be back from the war? Yeah, please come back, Jisoji. I really like the idea of Jisoji bursts down the door and he's like okay I've been watching TV what the fuck are you guys doing <laughs> uh, it's gotta be it's gotta be we, we've only got like three weeks left of Ultra 7 oh god that yeah uh, I, I could probably find out the answer if I flip the page on this book but it's more fun if I don't do that so I'm not going to do that yeah, don't do it yeah all right um well, <clears throat> do we have anything more to say about this episode? Uh, I thought this was a fun old time. Was. It mm. was a fun old time. I, I simply think if I wanted to extract oil from a car, I wouldn't put it into a giant compactor robot. I feel like there are more efficient ways, but you know what? More power to you, alien bandas. Uh, but then they wouldn't, they didn't, they wouldn't have an excuse to make a really funny robot. See, I yeah, I like to think that they they came up with the robot idea first and the 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 excuse later. They're like, well, I guess we could. So why so why do we need a, a robot that eats cars? Uh, oil, I guess. <laughs> That's you know that works. Um, all right. Well, main event this week maybe. Um, a two parter. So 39 and 40, which is the Ultra 7 assassination plot or something? Uh, yes. Yeah, the 7 assassination plan part 1 and part 2 is what I have in the book. Alien Guts have analyzed uh, I all... think you'll find it's called Alien Guts. Yes! <laughs> I'm happy you made the joke. I was gonna make the joke. Same brain. 
I was like, one of them, you know, someone's gonna. Um, Alien Guts have analyzed all of Ultra 7's abilities and have devised a foolproof plan to defeat him. And they will do so on their honor as the undefeated Alien Guts. Um, they've never lost a battle. The Ultra Guard are getting called out on prank calls. Uh, but as soon as Dan heads out to check one, he is ambushed by Alien Guts. After a brief scramble involving the capsule kaiju Wyndham getting murked, I don't know if that's if Wyndham's just gone now. Um, Alien Guts turns kaiju, and Dan considers transforming, but is wary. You know, the Guts are clearly after him. They didn't attack any of the other patrols that got sent out to check on these prank calls. Uh, and they didn't um, attack Anne when she was out, and uh, Dan's like, hey, go back to the base, and then she runs back to be by his side like three times in a row, and he's like, no, no, go go back, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's uh, determined to help this episode. Um, it kind of forgets next episode <laughs> that she's determined to help Dan. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, the guts are clearly after him, uh, so it might be a trap. So he doesn't transform. Luckily, he and Dan are rescued by the Ultra Hawk. Uh, it swoops down and picks up the car um, <laughs> while they're in it, which is pretty good. Uh, Alien Guts has more in store, though, including a sure way to lure out Ultra 7. Um, when Soga and Dan are out tracking a Guts UFO, the UFO attacks Soga. Dan almost transforms again, but instead, you know, he's like, ah, this might be a trap. Again, you know, uh, and calls for help and goes to drive over a bridge. But Guts's plan was not, ah, oh, we're going to attack your friend and you're going you're gonna to transform. It was, we're going to wait until he's crossing a bridge and then we're going to collapse the bridge and then he's going to have to transform or he'll die. Um, and so they collapse the bridge and he, he, nothing for it. Only one way to survive. Dan transforms. Unfortunately, Alien Guts was not bluffing. They fucking own Ultra 7 and trap him in a glass case crucifix uh, with like little holes for his face and hands and announce that Ultra 7 will be executed at dawn. And, you know, crowds watch, uh, like, they look at, uh, as the sun sets on Ultra 7 crucified. Uh, the Ultra Guard wonder what they can do. Uh, they intercept a signal from Ultra 7 requesting Magnelium be beamed into his brain so he can start moving again. Uh, but for that, they'll need a special gem that is only found in Africa. So, at the very start of this two-parter, Furuhashi received half of an African gem from his secret racer GF called Natsu. Um, anyway, this is the gem they need, uh, but it's not enough. They need the other half, which Natsu kept. Uh, she gets attacked by alien guts, uh, and, like, the pendant she's wearing around her neck is stolen. But that was a fake, because she doesn't want it, want it, the real thing to break uh, while she's out racing. Uh, she gives the real thing to the Ultra Guard, and uh, they're ready for the operation. The first time they try to revive Ultra 7, it turns out he's an illusion. Uh, but Furuhashi and Natsu find the real Ultra 7, and a new operation is launched. Soga hits the headlight with uh, the Magnelium Beam, and Ultra 7 is revived. Uh, the OP drops, and Ultra 7 breaks out of the crucifix and defeats Alien Guts. Uh, he destroys their spaceship too, and Dan wakes up in a field of grass as the Ultra Guard push him around for lols. Uh, the end. So. Uh, we got the crucifix. We did. Yes. <laughs> Now, does this uh, help or not... hinder this show's chances of having the crucifixion scene that we're thinking of? 
I don't know because it's not the same thing. Um, it is absolutely not the image in my head, uh, which is much more like uh, the bit from Xenogears that we saw. Yeah. <laughs> last week. Um, I'm gonna say it's no. Got, it's gotta be. I'm gonna say I, no. I, I I don't think we're gonna get it till somewhere in the '90s. I feel like that's a '90s thing to happen. My money, my money's on the end of this season. Okay. I have faith. A Catholic faith. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. Do you swear on the cross, Red, that the crucifixion happens this season? Uh. Oh fuck. Um. The um. Yeah. So uh. This feels like uh like like probably an iconic episode of Ultra Seven. Um, or two two episodes of Ultra Seven. Um, they're all right. Yeah. Um. I I don't think they're as good as. I don't think they're as good as the other two episodes we watched this week. I agree. Uh, but uh, I did, I, you know, I did pop for the crucifix. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> me like, too, me too. It was good. I was like baby seal going, like clapping. Hey, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, Hell yeah. I, the whole time, especially the second episode, actually watching this, I was like, I feel like whoever made this episode didn't get the memo that we're we're on Ultra Seven now, not Ultraman. This felt very Ultraman. Just everything about this. Um, it does feel quite Ultraman. And now that I think about it, um, the there was. I think the first episode is much better than the second. I think the, the first episode yeah, is same. fantastic. I think it's, I think um, it's a case where they set up the stakes, and the second episode is where they have to resolve them and go. Uh, how do we do that? Yeah, it's like the same. Yeah. It's like the same problem as uh, was it Ultra Guard Goes West, where we we like <laughs> the first one a lot more than the second. That that was for <laughs> that was that was for ideolog partially yes. ideological reasons of like uh, they had clearly set up this episode where a plot like an extremely normal television plot where um. We had to navigate the fact that we didn't, you know, there was going to be a tragedy because neither side could trust each other. Um, and instead, they didn't do that. They just did. The aliens, aliens were evil. sickos and we have to kill them. Yeah. Um, which which was a letdown. Or this, is this, time, this one, I, the second one just feels of a lower quality, just like. Yes. In terms of just everything. Like, I do. I do like the character stuff, like especially with uh, like the, the racer girl and like the pendant. Uh, I think all that stuff is fun, but like I just that that bit where the first Ultra Seven that was crucified was an illusion. Made and me... it's like, oh, we just we just found him again. Yeah, it, what, what was the point? Uh, filling time. <laughs> if I had need, to need, need an extra like one hundred and twenty sevens of twenty seconds of episode. <laughs> yeah. 127s. Holy shit, that's a plot for the second episode. <laughs> there you go. Have that one for free. <laughs> um, were you saying something, Mel? Uh, I, li I like the mini UFO that's like a magnet. Oh, that's <laughs> extremely so the, good. The magnet... Mm -hmm. so here's the thing. Everything about Guts, incredible. Um, it's like the opening of the first episode of them, like going through Ultra Seven's abilities and then being like, yeah, we fucking got him. 
Um, yeah, they, they fucking Metallica. we didn't talk about, it, but there's like a the first episode opens with like a sepia footage reel of like they sent a decoy kaiju to fight Ultra mm-hmm. to test his abilities. Yeah, uh, apparently multiple times because he keeps wrecking it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they come up with the plan, and then they have so they have like the glass case crucifix, but they also have the magnet UFO that. When I mentioned in the summary that it attacks Soga, I didn't describe exactly what happened, which is hilarious. Which is, he gets tied, he gets, like, magneted to the UFO, um, and then it rolls down a hill. (laughs) And so he's just, like, rolling, going, Dan, help! (laughs) And Dan's like, oh, this feels like a trap. (laughs) Um, Uh... Fantastic. It's interesting that the alien guts has a lot of glass aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read that apparently it was originally good. the aliens were called Alien Suruga, which is like Gorasu backwards. So maybe that's oh that uh, works. Uh, the actual design on the aliens is pretty fun. Yeah, um, they're like weird bird people. Yeah, uh, there's like a, a genuinely like pretty effect, pretty good scare when they're uh, hunting down uh, Natsu, because um, they they can kind of like disappear and reappear wherever at will, um, and so they're really fucking with her, um, and just like you know appearing behind a nothing personnel kid, etc. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's it's some good shit. And then they uh, find her, and then she's like, "Oh yeah, I have the real one at home. It's all good." Yeah, I'm. F- it's fine actually. And then uh, it's... for for uh, she talks to the camera. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, stupid alien guts. I mean, uh, I didn't say anything. Bye. <laughs> yeah, he like yells about how dumb alien guts is, and then at the like to the camera, and then shushes himself. Is <laughs> uh, 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 Furuhashi. Furuhashi does well these episodes. He's you know yeah. he had a secret GF the whole time. I do feel whatever Dan's they... Riz. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I do feel we remember they talk about Africa because <laughs> that's what. So that yeah, yeah. They talk. They talk. They talk about Africa again. I the weirdest bit of it is absolutely the moment where because you know he's talking about like oh yeah they got the the gem from Africa, um but, but then like in the second part where they're like oh we need that gem from Africa uh and uh, Anne and Soga are like oh. Furuhashi! Uh, and he's like, what do I have to do with Africa? I know my face looks like, and then gets interrupted, and I'm like, excuse me? Yeah, that's the, that's the moment I was thinking of, too, where it's like, hmm. Good. <laughs> what are you gonna say? Finish that sentence. Uh, fucked up. It's a little fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So is Wyndham. Wyndham got fucked up. Yeah. Wyndham's dead, maybe. Wyndham <laughs> got headshot. Fucking own. Maybe it might be the case that Wyndham does not come back. Rip Wyndham. Uh, I would respect it a lot if Wyndham's just fucking dead. Yeah, because yeah, we, we never see him get withdrawn. He just, you just see, like, the flames consume. Yeah, Dan, like, attempts to withdraw him. And then he gets shot before that or something. Um, so I I guess, yeah, he is just fucking done. Probably. Yeah. Um, Apparently Nicholas was going to be in this episode originally, but Pete and Wyndham instead. 
Uh, I'm happy he took one for my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite of the three? Uh, yeah. I wonder if the third one will ever show up again. See, that, that's my favorite thing, is these monsters show up so little, and now one is presumably dead. <laughs> uh, when you're when you're the most powerful being in the show, you don't usually need the capsule kaiju, is the thing that we've learned. Yeah. You got the ice slugger. You're usually fine. Yeah. The, so, we haven't really talked about Ultra 7's abilities that much. Uh, the ice slugger definitely... Uh, the best part of his new of Ultra 7's kit compared to Ultraman. Yeah, I um, was getting real sick of the Spacium Beam stuff by the time we wrapped that show. But uh, cut, just think, cutting things up just always of, a good time. I just think Razen 7 and 8 crazy nights at it. <laughs> what do you mean? That, was, uh, that wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, right, yeah, I was right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, continue. Yeah. Me. <laughs> We don't know who has access to the account. Uh, it's all three of us, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, well, when Gmail cooperates. Uh, you were saying about the eye slugger? Uh, I was saying um, it has, like... I was, like, pro eye slugger initially. I was like, yeah, the eye slugger's good. And I liked that the beam came from his head. Um, and uh, But uh, I gained... It definitely gained new appreciation for how cool the Ice Slugger was when, one, it was decapitating things every week, and two, uh, that one time he just grabbed it off his head and slashed uh, that nuclear irradiated uh, kaiju's throat with it um, in like a struggle. That was genuinely probably uh, uh, the, the coolest kill in the show. Uh, I like how in for this one he like holds the ice slugger in place and like does a venom ball set from guilty gear and then just fires <laughs> a beam at it yeah to launch it uh that reminds me and i i feel remiss because i have not looked it up but remember when i did production history forever ago in ultra man and i was like oh yeah there was a there was a disagreement involving one of the creators and uh an ending of an ultra 7 episode Apparently that was Super Weapon R1. Um, oh. And I believe it was Bunzo Wakatsuki wrote something like, I think it was like whatever the narrator says at the end of that episode, there was a producer that was like, we can't put that in like a kid show. And he was like, uh, fuck you, I'm doing it anyways. Uh, and he like had to fight really hard to get it. But I, I don't remember what exactly like that sentiment was. Right at the end? Uh, whatever it was, we liked it at the time, I think. We yeah. were very high on that episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I do think it's funny, the color timer for 7, or the beam lamp, I guess it's called. Yeah. Basically only matters for this episode. The, 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 he, so it's like, whenever he's cold, and also this episode, <laughs> that's it. Uh, I guess uh, Alien Paul did give him a color timer. It just doesn't matter most of the time. Alien, Alien Paul should have shown up in this episode and like high fived guts <laughs> when they when they crucified Ultra Seven. All the different shots of the crucifixion are pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, except like for the a... one where he's just like on the side of the mountain and he looks pretty cute. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, curiously, so I decided to look just to uh, figure it out, but apparently. 
I don't even think it was anything. There, there was no narrator at the end of that episode. It was just uh, the conversation about the marathon and the the why the arms race is bad. Oh, shut up, producer. You're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> actually. Um. Anyway, yeah, the the like. As as I think we've we've been pretty thorough about it. The second episode's most like biggest problem is just. <clears throat> It's just kind of sloppy. It's just like kind of hastily put together and... I would describe it as obligatory, you know? Yes, they had they had to make a second episode to wrap it up and yeah. they were like, uh, let's, you know, wrap it up as best we can. And they have the whole thing with like the gem or we need the two halves of the gem and it's already feeling a little bit like, oh, <clears throat> really? Why? Um, and then it's like, oh, he's he's that's not the real Ultra Seven. The real Ultra Seven is over here, and Furuhashi finds him. And I'm like, this, this seems, I I would have put plot in this episode. I would have put like a, like a story. You remember remember when Anne's whole deal in the first episode was uh why you know Dan is just as important as Ultra Seven. We have to save Dan. Um, and that just vanishes. That's just dropped completely. Uh, also, for like a two-parter about how these aliens want to crush the human spirit, not a lot of actual insight into how humanity as a whole views Ultra 7 and how they feel when he is imperiled. Mm -hmm. uh, it just felt very incomplete from an emotional perspective, I feel, as well. It's just like, oh yeah, it's a given <clears throat> that seven, like, er 7 is like, everyone loves him. Yeah. Um, not like, you know, Blazer. <laughs> uh, so this was directed again by Toshihiro Ijima, like I stated, but then also this is written by a known Macross hater, uh, Keisuke Fujikawa. Thank you, known Macross hater, Keisuke. Just one by the other episodes he done again. Uh, Fujikawa's other episodes, uh, I'd have to pull up my doc for that, but also the other stuff he's done this season or this show, would be uh, Glory For Whom, uh, which is the Aoki episode, um, Operation Cyborg, uh, with their good friend Alien Borg. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see, we also have... I know he's done at least one other... Yes, The Eyes That Shine in the Darkness, uh, with the kid and the weird rock oh, yeah. who keeps telling him to be evil. Uh, mm -hmm. and then I believe that is it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. I actually have the Ultopia blog apparently had like, there's a book called the Ultra 7 Research Book, and there was an interview with like the director and writer. So there's, I have some background info of this episode and it's plotting. <clears throat> apparently, <clears throat> excuse me. Apparently, Ajima was brought on, uh, specifically for these episodes by TBS producer Toshimichi Miwa uh, and basically told me like uh, the ratings are down can we get something more like Ultraman that's exciting oh to like the audiences well that makes sense <laughs> uh-huh so we were on the money yeah okay I'm feeling good about that one then uh apparently Ijima this entire time was similar to uh Jisoji in Kyoto doing period piece movies. Uh, okay. And so he was sort of like, well, uh, I'll just, he used to sort of like thinking, oh, I'll do it like a samurai movie where there's like a desperate desperation and the hero breaks out of it somehow. 
uh, though apparently like the original idea of like a death row situation was pitched by Fujikawa. Okay. Um, yeah. Although uh, Ijima, this... Oh, go ahead. Well, Ijima also had like a sixth sense that like um you know I bet I'm the Bolton guy, so I bet Miwa wants a Bolton like alien. <laughs> uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first yeah. talking to the screen, talking to the screen was unscripted, but Ijima was like, "Put it in." So oh fun. hell yeah! <laughs> uh, he also was like, "Well, I don't. It would be a bad luck if I made an Ultra Seven episode that was just an Ultraman episode." So he tried to at least, maybe I guess, try harder. I don't know if it was also a Fujikawa thing, but like, but he he did he did like deliberately be like, "Okay, I'm gonna put a capsule kaiju in the show." Because mm-hmm. it's part of Ultra Seven, and also uh, nobody else is using them. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, apparently, there was a sentiment that like, what's the point? Uh, a lot of the people I think on the side were having a similar conclusion. I guess we there towards like, well, it's kind of lame if we just send out the cast of Kaiju and they just get owned. So maybe we shouldn't bother using them. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, uh, they, yeah. Uh, originally, they wanted one episode. Uh, but then, like, well, there's an opportunity to have a two-parter because Seven gets owned. You know what? I can tell they originally only wanted one episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, Fujikawa during this period was, like, overworked uh, and doing a lot of... just, like, writing a lot. Uh, but still, mm-hmm. he, like, had a policy of meeting everyone because he felt, like, it's kind of arrogant to just be like, oh, I'm too busy to meet with you because I felt like that was something a lot of people were doing at the time. Mm. Uh, but he also like had a lot of deadlines and was extremely stressed and rushed writing scripts to be deadline, including this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, like, I guess Tetsuo Kinjo, I guess, was probably the head writer because people, writers would submit scripts to Kinjo and Kinjo had a policy of being like, uh, you gotta write two episodes and I'll reject one, basically. That's a bad oh, system. Damn. Uh, it is kind of fucked up. Brutal. <laughs> I don't know if it's like full episodes or just premises, but he's just like, yeah, like if yo. it's a, if it's a treatment, I guess I can understand that more. But if it's like full script, that's fucked. <laughs> yeah, though he did he did say that like Kinjo also had a policy of like paying them for the rejected scripts as well as the mm. one that actually got accepted. You know what? Right. I bet that that's falling in line with the like write the episode two under a pseudonym thing. I bet that was just a straight up like. And uh, we want to get make sure people are getting paid good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fujikawa says that he always wanted to do like an authentic kaiju episode, uh, and so one of his scripts would always be a conventional kaiju episode, and one would be a weird one, and then all of his conventional ones get get rejected. So he kept having to do weird ones. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, I think I saw that like he also did Green Mons and uh, uh, Bolton. In Ultraman, mm-hmm. uh, that was like uh, yeah. Escape to Infinity and Curse of the Miraganda. Miraganda uh, uh, Mar- Mar- underrated. He also said anecdote where fellow writer Masahiro Yamada would just be like, uh, "I'm only submitting uh, one script because this is the best I can do. Uh, this is my best work. Take it." <laughs> and then <laughs> Fujikawa was like, "You know what? Maybe I should have done that." <laughs> um. Uh. He was apparently, he felt like, okay, fine, I get to do an authentic kaiju episode with uh, the alien guts. Uh, and then he was kind of disappointed when he was told they were birds. 
Damn. Uh, but then he warmed up to them when he saw the actual design. That's a good design. Yeah, I like the, I like these guys. Uh, uh, also, I uh, call out here if Masahiro Yamada's like, yeah, only my best work uh, that I was capable of uh, made it uh -oh. in. I don't know why uh, the strolling planet happened. I'm just assuming he uh, didn't want to write two scripts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fujikawa apparently wrote himself into corner on how to actually save Seven. <laughs> seven. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ijiro was just like, uh, use a MacGuffin substance, use those in the Green Mons and Bolton episodes. This is uh, the this is the funniest conversation we've had about episodes so far. We've just kind of gone like, I, I, you know, this just seems really like haphazard. And then we get all the production details of like everyone working on it going, this seems pretty haphazard. <laughs> uh, just aside, apparently Fujikawa was the one who came up with the name Eye Slugger. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I, I would like to, I, that I would name like to know what he means. <laughs> that I at first I thought Ice Slugger sounded really stupid. I kind of like it now. It's it's it scratches my brain in just the right way. Yeah, the origin I guess comes from like Ultra Seven originally be called Ultra Eye, which is now his device. Uh, but also he just thought that the word Slugger was cool because he was into baseball. I guess. Hmm. Because he's Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, apparently when watching the episode he was like shocked seeing like Wyndham get murked and Seven crucified and he was just kind of telling himself jokingly oh no what have I brought into this world <laughs> uh, that's that's the, the notes I got so I'll uh, link that in the description nice well I'm glad to know we were right about everything yeah that felt very vindicating um, my imposter yeah. syndrome is now delayed again by two weeks uh uh well do we have anything more to say about these two episodes no no um i'm i'm still team we're get we're getting we're getting the the full scene we're getting the full crucifix scene i, I guess we'll see i might be clinging to false hope but i'm clinging to it nonetheless see my i feel like my shifting my shifting uh thoughts on this are that because they did a glass one this time for whatever reason in my brain i'm like they're more they're reluctant to do like an actual crucifixion with like mm -hmm. even with like chains or anything like that if they're doing it like a glass casing then also too i feel like it's i feel like when we hit the 90s we're gonna start getting weird crossover shit and i do like there's like that's a whole bunch of ultra guys crucified in that photo mm -hmm. and i feel like i feel like we just might not be there yet we might not be we will see unless they introduce weird ultra dudes if Ultra 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, and 6 show up, I will feel vindicated. Uh, Ultra 1! Holy shit! <laughs> um, but it would be funny if they the introduced full, They're going to do the full Thunderbirds countdown from 7. <laughs> it would be very funny if they introduce uh, other Ultra people just so that they can get captured and crucified and have it be a big thing. Um, but we'll have to see. Ultra 7's six shitty older brothers. It will be also really weird, may I say, if for whatever reason 
it's not in this show. We were so adamant that that was in Ultra 7, and I don't know why we had that idea. Uh, I think that was just you. Oh, I thought it, it was, was... It was me. Okay, I, I knew it was at least I, me in red. I, I don't know why, but I was absolutely certain that that was an Ultra 7 thing. Same. I felt like it, I had been spoiled that that was going to happen in Ultra 7. Yeah. If it hasn't happened in Ultra 7, then I guess I'm pleased I haven't been spoiled. But also, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know how, <laughs> how this did, happened. Why did I think this? I don't know how this happened to us. We will see. Yeah. Um. All right, well... Um, uh, in which case, I think that's a podcast. I think we're uh, done. No, no. Yeah. Oh, no, we're oh, not. No, no. Oh, first. capsule kaiju. Capsule. Uh, one minute and six seconds. One minute, six seconds. Rest and then in peace. Death. Uh, Rest in peace. Drawing the cross on the chest. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, we got an email. Ooh. Ooh, email. Shoot. Uh, Cedric Star is back again. Welcome back. Uh, they uh, apologize about lack of synopses in the wiki again. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I was a, I was a little surprised that there was no uh, synopses for these two episodes, but it's, it's, it's okay. I understand. I understand now. Uh, now that I've heard that most of the, um, most of them go into the kaiju stuff, there's part there's for some reason in my brain that makes sense these days i'm like it i get that i get that why that happens because you want you know the actual articles for um the pages for the episodes versus pages for kaiju that might show up again um and wanting to have that history in like of like the kaiju in one place i think i get it yeah um uh... I, I still think that could be like Maybe I could rewrite some of my. No, I'm not doing that. I don't know why I'm promised. I would. I would. I would suggest that I might put in that effort. I. That's no. Um, never mind. He, I'm he, sorry. He does, he does say you can pass on your summaries to him, and he can just like get it cleaned up for the wiki. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um. We'll see. Uh. There's something in here where I tied a conversation with them on Discord about uh, unaired episodes, but I'll talk about that one as relevant. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also something substantial he says to pass over in the email. Uh, preempting spoilers for Return to Ultraman. Okay. Uh, one, the show was the first one to feature eye catches and uh, an ED. Or, Ooh. no, not, not an ED. Uh, next episode of preview. Okay. Uh, uh, it also says that there's certain episodes in the first bit where uh, do not look at the title uh, because of what? spoilers. So with the certain what? Return of Ultraman episodes, just don't look at the title. In the first, like, uh, I guess third of the show, there's a couple, there's like one or two episodes where it's like the premise of this episode is a cool surprise. Uh, that that will be hard with the Blu-ray. Blu <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I might be fine <laughs> yeah uh i will say um in coming up soon i'll might try and be more proactive in uh hiding you both from spoilers which uh, is say okay uh which is say maybe certain episodes will be like uh 
don't look at the booklet for this okay. or or I will give you these subtitles because I disagree with the official ones. Oh. I won't have that problem. Uh, yes you will. Will I? Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, all I'll right. be taking precautions because uh, I know things about the next coming stretch of Showa seasons, so. Thank you for your effort. Uh, I do appreciate the protection. Uh, also, it's funnier this way. Mm -hmm. uh, and then last thing is that the Ultra Fight playlist is looking good, and he'll send it over as soon as he can. Okay, okay, sick. We got three weeks, so hey. Three weeks. Nice. More than right, enough well, to kill you. anything that moves. <laughs> Ultraman has entered the call. <laughs> <laughs> Ultraman and Revolver Ocelot. I don't think they'd get along, actually, but I think they'd have some interesting <laughs> conversations. Ocelot and Soga, though. Oh, 100 best buds. They would be good mm. friends, but the pistol would get between them. Yes. And Revolver this Ocelot was... This, this is not a metaphor for anything. No. The Revolver Ocelot will say, well, you see, here's your problem. You're using a pistol. The way you fire, you really need a revolver. Then he carries on the tradition. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, thank you for your email, Cider Sir. Um, if you want to follow the show, plugs, uh, you can do so at Twitter at ultra underscore Q. That is at ultra underscore Q U E U E. Uh, I am also on Twitter uh, at gender underscore redacted. Uh, Mel, uh, you know where to find me. Do crowns all that. Uh, there's our podcast email ultraqpod at gmail .com. Uh, and then there's also you fund that's coffee. Raz. It's me. Uh, you can find me at Rosenbrand. That's R A S E N B R A N. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I'm on YouTube, co host Blue Sky, Twitter. Uh, I'm just hanging out. I'm just having a good time. Go, go participate in Backlog Bingo 2024. Everyone seems to be having a good time. Everyone wants to beat Dragon's Dogma, is what I've learned. I do. I do. I got. I put it on hold when Final Fantasy 16 came out. That was a huge mis Final Fantasy 16 sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and then I played Armored Core, and but um, you know, I fucking uh. I need to get back to Dragon Dogma. I, I do too. The Knight is the coolest class in any video game I've ever put. What a fucking oh, uh, shield, Matt. I'm quite partial to Magic Archer myself. Matt, I have heard that Magic Archer is also the shit. Um, I will need to be trying that out. But for now, I'm just like, the, the thing where, like, using shield magic to set up, like, a barrier and then setting up uh, a sigil to, like, you hit it and it triggers shots um and what winds up like juggling goblins <laughs> without without pressing a button as they bounce between the barrier and get shot by the sigil amazing what a fucking video game um i need to get back to dragon's dogma immediately um all right uh that's the end of the episode sorry for ranting about dragon's dogma right at the end there but uh uh i i rolled 
I, I rolled more dice than was necessary to decide what I was going to play next. <laughs> um, and I got Dogma and was like, hell fucking yeah, let's go. Um, Alright, uh, join us next week for three more episodes of Vulture 7. That is uh, 41, 42, 43, I believe. Yep. Yeah, yeah there's 49 episodes of this show, right? Yeah. 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 We are back to three um, until the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, you know... It, there's a one in three chance we've got Jisoji back next week. Uh, yeah, so we know for sure Jisoji's coming back, right? This isn't another thing that we were like sure of, but we're not actually sure. He's coming Jisoji's back. coming back. Okay, he's doing the fixes. It would be really uh, sad if he didn't. We were just wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, we might do some other stuff with the last episode too, depending on things. Okay, we'll mm -hmm. talk about that later. All right, we'll talk about that later. All right. Bye for now. See you next week. Goodbye, everyone. Later, everyone. Strike the ice again.